lives, redeeming our lives, leading us and guiding us into all truth. Father, we love you. And we love to praise you, Father. We love to praise you, Father. May our lives be a song of praise to you. May our lives bring you glory, God. May our lives honor you, Father. Our surrendered hearts, our surrendered lives. We surrender more of ourselves to you, Father. We surrender more to you. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. Amen. Amen. Is there a possible way that I would be able to either be in the mains or in a monitor somewhere so I could thank you? Thank you. Not because I like to hear my own voice, but just, <laughs> just because I want to hear myself preach. Amen. <laughs> Can you make all of this go away? <laughs> Can I, yeah, can I please see myself somewhere? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, we're going to start in Deuteronomy again, and uh, we're going to actually pick up where we left off. Deuteronomy 8 is where we were last week, and we talked about wilderness experiences and when you're going through the wilderness and what that's like. But first of all, I want to talk about Deuteronomy. And... Um, Sorry. Sorry, your talking is super distracting. I want to talk about Deuteronomy and, and give you a little bit of back, back history on Deuteronomy. Um, so from Genesis to Deuteronomy, or from Genesis to Numbers, um, it is a historical um, event that is moving forward. And so you have, you know, Adam and Eve, and, and then you have them leaving the garden, and, and then you have um, the Israelites, they leave Egypt. So it's, there's always something that's progressing until you get to Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy, written by Moses, is actually his last book that he writes, and he writes it to a generation. And as he's writing it to, he's writing it to the next generation, I should say. And so as he's writing this, um, he's leaving them a bunch of advice. And he's leaving them a historical back as to where they come from, uh, what they came out of, and he's giving them warnings and all of these things. He's 120 years old. Deuteronomy doesn't progress at all. It is just a book that he kind of gives them as he's leaving. Spoiler alert, at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses dies. And he passes on um, to, he passes on, I guess, the baton to Joshua. And so he leaves this as one kind of last thing of this is everything that I've learned. This is all of my wisdom. This is what God's shown me. This is, this is my life basically. And I'm leaving it for the next generation. And it's so beautiful because it's, it, you kind of see as this one generation to the next passing it on. Who he's talking to in it is a generation of 60 years old and under. The 40 to 60 year olds of that, that, that he's speaking to were children 
and teenagers that left Egypt. They were part of the ones that left Egypt, but they were just kids when they left and went into the wilderness. And then the 40 and unders that he's speaking to were children that were born in the wilderness. And so he's leaving this as this last little bit like, hey guys, before I go, I'm going to leave you some advice, some warnings, some things that I've learned as, I, as, I, as you carry on into a promised land that I'm not going to get to see and you're going to get to see. And so he leaves them some instructions. And so we're in Deuteronomy 8. Like I said, we talked about the wilderness last week. And this week we're going to talk about the mountaintop. Not something that you hear on a regular basis at church. When you get to the mountain, when you get to where you're going, he, he's talking to them as when you get to the promised land, when you get to the place that you've been waiting for. So let's start in Deuteronomy 8, verse 6. And I'll read the text and then we'll kind of go from there. So Deuteronomy 8, verse 6, it says, So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and by fearing Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Sounds pretty amazing so far. They're going into a place that is completely full of blessing. But then in verse 11, he goes on to say, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them and when you've herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have has multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and, thirsties and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you. So shall you perish before you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. So they're standing in this text, they're standing on the very verge of going into the promised land. They're standing on the very verge of the place that they've been waiting for, the place that they've heard about, the place that they've been praying for, the place that they've been moving towards. They're on the very edge of that place. And suddenly Moses comes up and says, all right, here you are, you're on the verge. And he says, but there's some one thing that I need to tell you. When you get to where you're going, when you get to the promised land, don't forget about God. Don't forget about Him. And I found that super interesting as I was reading it as like, 
you get all of this blessing and, and he lists all the stuff that it's amazing blessing and when this multiplies and when all that you have multiplies, don't forget God. And if I were honest with you and I thinking about this, if I were honest with you, I've done the same thing. That when things are going really good, I suddenly feel like I don't have a need for God anymore. If I were honest with you. I'm not saying I'm being honest today. I'm just saying if I were. But if I were honest with you, though, same thing. I've gone through hard times. I've gone through times where, you know, I didn't know if I'd be able to pick myself up off of the ground. Hard times where I've sought God with all of my heart and found Him and held on to Him for dear life as He got me out of the place that I was in only to come out of that place and stop seeking Him. If I were honest with you, if I were honest with you, I would, I would tell you that there's been times of incredible blessing in my life. Really great times where, where I, I, I was, you know, I didn't really need for anything. Amazing times. And I, in my pride, thought that I did it myself. And I think that if you were honest with me, if you guys were honest with me today, you'd say, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. Like, you know, and when I say I forgot about God, I, I've always, you know, believed in God. It's not that I stopped believing in Him, but I stopped seeking Him. I stopped showing up. I, I offered Him lip service. I did the things, but my heart wasn't in it. And I think Moses is showing up to this, and I think he's, he's posing a real, a real um, not question, but a, something real where he's saying, listen, guys, there's something you need to know. When you get to where you're going, there may be a tendency for you to feel like you did it yourself. Or human nature may be that I just don't seek him anymore. So we talked about wilderness experiences, hard times, and now we're talking about times that are good because we all go through them we go through goods and we go through lows and we go through goods and and when I say when you get to where you're going I'm not saying that you finally arrived I'm just saying when you're having a mountaintop experience and so we're going to talk about this in the text as Moses begins to speak to them he begins I'm going to break up the scripture because he begins to talk about it in other words he's saying when you're satisfied when you feel as though you're satisfied, don't forget about God. Verse or number one, it says, he says, don't forget to allow God to keep on leading you. In verse six, he says it like this. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. Don't forget to allow God to keep on leading you. You still need him. Even in good times, you still need him to direct your path. The Bible says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You need him to direct your path. 
there's still more for you to go. You still need to be seeking God, asking Him, in, even in the good times, where am I supposed to go from here? What am I supposed to do? We're supposed to be looking to God, even in the good times, not just in the hard times where you feel like you're backed up into a corner and you don't know where to go. Even in the good times, you're seeking after God, asking Him to direct your path. Again, like I said before, because you haven't arrived, there's still more for you to do. There's always more. There's, you never just arrive in God. There's always more for you to know. There's always more for you to do. There's always more for you to go. Always places for you to go. So don't forget to allow God to keep on leading you. When you get to the mountaintop, it's not the time to stop seeking Him. It's the time to seek Him even more. When you get to the mountaintop, it's not time to stop giving. It's time for you to give him even more. When life is spiraling out of control, it's usually because you're trying to lead. It's usually because you're trying to take the reins. You're trying to have control of the situation. Number two. Don't forget to keep doing what he told you to do. Verse 11 says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all you have has multiplied, don't forget to keep doing what he told you to do. Keep listening, keep obeying. Keep obeying, keep digging into his word. Keep obeying the things that he's told you to do. You know, loving, loving God isn't an emotional response. I know that we like to be in our feelings and, and, and we like, you know, you know, feelings aren't bad, but we're not led by our feelings because our feelings can lie to us. In 1 John, I think, it, I think it says, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Your response in loving the Father, in loving Jesus is obeying, obeying what he says. And so Moses in this text is saying, don't forget, you, you keep on listening to what God says. You keep on obeying him. And your focus is still on him. Number three, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from. In verse 12, it says, Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have has multiplied. We just read that verse. It says, Then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and its scorpions and the thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do good, to do you good in the end. He says, don't, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget that Jesus paid a price for you. Don't forget that he took your sins. Don't forget that he saved you. Don't forget that he took you out of the pit that you were in. Don't forget those things. 
in the message, I love the way it says it. It says, make sure you don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget God. Make sure you don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget God. I think sometimes of, of how, you know, when we are going through hard times and, and things are, you know, we are going through struggle and you'd say, you know what, when you, when you get out of this place, don't forget God. In that moment, we would say, oh my goodness, I would never forget God. No, like, I'll always remember. But yet Moses is pointing out in this place, hey, when you get the things, when things are going good, don't forget God. You have to set your focus on it. I, I, on Thursday, we did a live Bible study, and, and we talked about this, about setting your focus. That right now, in these moments, we set our focus. Um, I talked about a minister who had said that when he attends or when, when they find a church to go to, him and his wife, and they believe that it's God, they set their focus. He was using it as an example. They set their focus. We are going to stay here for five years, and, you know, because God said this is the church. We're, so five years we're staying. So he says when offense comes, when hard times comes, when unforgiveness comes, they don't move their focus because they said, we'll stay here for five years. They have to end up dealing with the offense, the unforgiveness, anything that comes because their focus, their attention has been set. And so it's the same thing that in these moments when you're going through hard times, I will always remember God. I will always make sure that I am seeking God. I set my focus on it so that when distraction comes, when hard times come, when, when, when money comes, when good things come, when things are all going great for me, no, my attention's been set that I will seek God. I will not forget God. I'll not forget where I came from. I'll not forget what he did for me. Number four says, don't forget to acknowledge God. In verse 17, he says, beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. I want you to notice that he says, beware beware he's he's warning them beware that when things start to go well that you don't think you did it yourself is a warning as if to say this is human nature we do this sometimes we think that the might of our own hand did it beware watch out for it watch your own heart Keep acknowledging him as he's the one, as he's the author. Which gives me to my next, my next point, number five. Don't forget to stay thankful. And these two go hand in hand because acknowledging and being thankful. If you acknowledge God as the author, as the finisher, as the beginner, as the one who gives it all, if you're acknowledging him, you can't help but be thankful when you recognize that everything that I am, everything that I do is because of God. In the verse 18, he says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Notice that he says it is Him who gives you the power to get wealth. In other words, you might go to work 
You might do the work. Those, those, you might have come up with the idea or thought the idea, but understand and make no, make no mistake that it was God who gave you the breath. It was God who gave you the job. It was God who directed your steps. It is God who sustains you. It is God who blesses you. Everything that you have comes from God. Acknowledge Him. Don't forget to acknowledge Him in everything that you do. I'm here because of God. I woke up because of God. I have this job because of God. I have my family because of God. Everything that I have is because of God. Don't forget to acknowledge Him and don't get so prideful in thinking that it was you, that it was all you. It's what Moses is warning them, saying, beware, beware, beware that you don't do this when you get to where you're going. Gratitude is the attitude that will always determine your altitude. If you stay negative, you stay low. If you get thankful, you're positive, you'll see farther, you'll see higher. You'll go higher. Number six is don't forget to stay hungry and keep on seeking Him. Don't forget to stay hungry and keep on seeking Him. Verse 19 says, And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve Him and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. He's telling them, guys, this is a dangerous place to be. If you get to this place where you forget God, and then you begin to serve other gods. And I was thinking about this as I was reading the, reading the scripture verse of how there's this pattern that kind of follows where we go from this place of things are going good. He's kind of laying out this pattern where things are going really good. And suddenly I begin to forget God and I don't acknowledge Him and I'm not thankful. And suddenly I begin to look at myself and I think that I'm the one that got me this. I become me-centered, I become me-focused. I become really proud of myself. And when you become me-focused and when you get to that place, you begin to turn away from God. And when you turn away from God, you inevitably begin to look for other gods. You begin to seek other gods because your life was always meant, there's always, there's a place in your life that was meant for God to fill. It's, it's our nature. We are, we are meant to be connected to God. We will, when we're not connected to Him, we always go looking. And so when you turn away from God, you begin to inevitably seek other gods because you're looking for something to fulfill that void in your life. And when you go seeking after other gods, you eventually will begin serving other gods, which will lead to worshiping other gods. And so Moses says, make sure you keep on seeking. Make sure you keep on seeking God. There's a place in our life that that is meant to always be connected to our Heavenly Father. He is our Father. Jesus is the lover of our soul. We're meant to be connected to Him at that place. So Moses says, 
once you get, once you get there, don't forget about God. Don't forget about God. And I think it's so beautiful that he shows up to give us these last bits of wisdom and warnings and, and, and history of, of his life where he says, I've seen this. Maybe he's even done it, but I know this is how it goes. So I'm telling this next generation that, that there's going to be hard times that we spoke about, but there's going to be good times. And when there's good times, don't forget about God. And then he warns them because this will bring you destruction. This won't be good for you. Don't forget about him. Keep on seeking him. Keep on trusting him. Keep on asking him about what paths you're supposed to take. Keep on acknowledging him. Keep seeing God in everything that you do. That you recognize that he is the sustainer of your life. That when you wake up in the morning, that you say, God, thank you. Thank you for another day. When you go to your job, thank you. Thank you that I have a job. What next? What next? So I challenge you today that when you go through the good seasons of your life, don't forget God. Don't forget about Him. As, as we're beginning to even come out of this COVID-19 where we've kind of been shut in and things are beginning to open up again as you're coming out of that place and life goes back to normal, please don't forget about God. Don't forget about Him. Keep seeking Him. Keep seeking Him. And if you don't know Him today and you're listening this, to this message and you're, you want to know Him, I want to pray with you Our God is a God of hope. And if you feel hopeless, He fills you with hope. He fills you with life. Like I said before, there's this place in our life that's always meant to be connected with God. And Jesus died on the cross so that we could be. Jesus became our savior so that we could be connected with him, so that we could go boldly into his throne room and worship him and know him intimately. So I wanna pray with you. If you wanna know Jesus as your savior, Jesus as your Lord, just invite him in. I say this quite often, but it's not just about, it's not at all about what the words are that we say in the prayer. It's more about our heart attitude as we just say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life and be my savior. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come and fill me. So Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I acknowledge the sin of my life, the way that I've lived, I've, I acknowledge those things and I, I repent for them. I'm sorry for them, Lord. I want you to make me clean. Come into my life and make me clean. And be my Lord and Savior. I want to follow after you. 
I want to know you. Come fill me. Come fill me. And those that maybe even in hearing the message today, you recognize, hey, that's me. I forgot about God. Listen, the message was definitely not for you to feel um, guilty. It was just to set your path right. And so all you have to do is just say, God, I'm sorry. Like I said before, I've been there, I've done that. And I think this is a great reminder for all of us that all you gotta do is I'm sorry, God. You are incredible. You're so powerful and you're so incredibly loving. I wanna go deeper in you. I wanna know your presence more. And then you can just say, reveal yourself to me even more. Reveal yourself to me in a greater, me in a greater measure. The Bible says that those that seek him, they will find him. And that's a promise. You will find him when you seek him. Just keep on seeking him. I just want to pray for anybody that needs healing this morning. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are the giver and the sustainer of life. And so I just pray right now for anyone that is needing healing this morning. Healing in their body, I thank you for the resurrection power of Christ to flow in Jesus' name. I thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. That you bore every sickness on your back. And so I thank you that healing flows now. Healing flow right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Your blood knows no time, no distance. That healing can flow right now, even through a phone, even through a TV screen. That it's the power of the blood of Jesus, the power of the resurrection. In Jesus' name, I declare healing to every tumor, to every pain, to every spasm. I declare healing to diabetes in Jesus' name. I declare healing to cancer in Jesus' name. That the blood of Jesus covers that in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for those that are weary that those that are carrying heavy burdens, feeling exhausted, I thank you, Father, that you are the lifter of their heads. And Father, that, that you are their portion. You are more than enough. Your grace is sufficient. I just declare grace, grace to every mountain that people feel like they're looking at, they feel that they have, that they're staring at heavy, big things. I declare grace, grace to them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Father, I thank you that as they go about their week, that they see you in every sunrise. They see you in every sunset. They see you in everything that they do. And that they are amazed by the goodness and the glory and the power of our King. I thank you for joy to be their portion and peace to surround them. Father, I thank you for those that are dealing with unforgiveness in their life, that are struggling to forgive. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you're stepping into the middle of those difficult situations and giving them the power to forgive, the ability to forgive. I see them walking free from chains that have held them, unforgiveness that has kept them bound. I see them walking free in your freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just declare liberty to the captives, freedom to the captives. Things that have held you bound, I declare freedom. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Just a washing of the word. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, we love you guys. We enjoy Sunday with you. We'll enjoy Sunday even more when Sunday gets to be all together. We're praying for you. Remember, if you need prayer for anything, you can put that um, in the comments below or you can go to embassychurch.ca and tell us your prayer. We have a prayer team that is always praying. So as soon as you put in your prayer request, we begin praying. So listen, nothing, like Katie said, there's nothing too small. There's nothing too big. We want to pray for you. We want to know that you want to, we want you to know that you are covered by prayer. So whatever it is that you ask, you go ahead and send in those prayer requests. If you receive Jesus for the first time, please send us an email or put it in the comments. We would love to connect with you. We bless you as you go. Have a wonderful, wonderful, sunny Sunday afternoon. We love you guys.